Welcome to the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast, a verse-by-verse study through the scriptures with Rob Harston. Thank you for joining us today. Now here's Rob. Hello and good Sunday, everybody, wherever you're listening to. This is the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast, and I'm glad you guys could join us today. And And uh, it's, been a, it's been a pretty a crazy week. Uh, we can all agree with that, with all the uh, election stuff going on and, and who's going to be president and who's not going to be president. And the, I don't know, it's craziness. But one thing we do know is the Lord is still on his throne and he controls everything. Amen. Uh, so again, thank you guys for joining us today. We're going to be in uh, our joyous series in the book of Philippians. We'll be in uh, we're starting chapter uh, four today, and we'll do verses one through nine. And today's uh, message is titled "Power Source." Um, and to make things run uh, with uh, such as electricity, and and you need power. You need you need power to run electricity. You need power to to uh, to get the lights on, to get the fans working, to get the heater working, uh, and and to make a race car go. You need horsepower. See, power makes things go. It, it, they make things work. So power is is important. And there is also a power in things that can 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 be devastating too. Um, I remember in 1980, Mount St. Helens um, in the in the Cascade Range of the Washington uh, Mountains exploded in what is probably the most visible indication of the power of nature that the modern world has ever seen. At 8:32 a.m., the, the 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 this explosion that happened here on, on this uh, on this mountain, um, it, it ripped 1,300 feet off of the mountain. Now, imagine that the, the the force of that power making that mountain uh, half the mountain gone, and with the force of 10 million tons of TNT, or roughly equal to 500 Hiroshima's. 60 people were killed, most by a blast of 300,000 – it was was a lot of heat. It was traveling at 200 miles an hour. So that was uh, pretty intense heat and traveling that fast. And some were killed as far as 16 miles away. The blast also leveled 150-foot Douglas trees, and and, and this was as far as 17 miles away as well. A total of 3.2 million uh, – feet of of wood pretty much uh, was destroyed and it was enough to build 200,000 three-bedroom homes so you can imagine the power of that blast going on uh, that day and that's it's it's a lot of power uh, to do this much destruction and I remember that eruption I remember my dad actually had ashes uh, from Mount St. Helens when it uh, when it when it blew that day and today uh, as believers well, we have power, and we have a power source, and that is Jesus Christ. He has the power to do anything he wants. He has the power to change lives. He has the power to save. He has the power to, to heal and to forgive, and the list goes on and on. His, his power is, is, is it's just it's, it's unlimited power. And this is what Paul is, is trying to finish up this letter with today. When, when he starts this, he is, he's presenting Christ as the, the believer's life power. So in today's study, let's take a look at some of this power that, that we have. But before that, let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you are with us today, Lord, in these, um, God, in these, in these 
trying times, these uncertain times, Lord, we know that you are on the throne. We know that you are with us. You control all things, Lord. Please speak to the hearts of everybody listening today, Lord, and just minister to them and and just remind them of that truth that um, you are in control of all things. And Lord, I pray you would bless this this, uh, message today, Lord, and everybody listening. We'd all have ears to hear, Lord, and we would take what we hear and we would apply it as well. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, let me read the verses. Uh, We're going to be, again, in chapter 4. Uh, verses 1 through 9. Let me read those real quick. Verse four, uh, Chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Iodia and I urge Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, indeed, true companion, I ask you to also help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement, also with the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding in some translations, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good and repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and and received, heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So one thing we're going to look at when we start this thing today, we're going to start, we're going to see the first thing is we have unifying power, unifying power. And this is found in, in, in verses one through three. And in this chapter, Paul starts with an encouragement to his friends, urging them to stay true to the Lord. This means to stay the course, to trust in the Lord, stay true to the, to the truth See, we go through trials and, and, and we, we have issues and, and all sorts of things that go on in our lives. And this is when we need to stay true to the Lord. Remember, remember what we have been taught. Remember what we've been taught. Remember what we study. Stay true to him. And you see, Paul loved his friends and wanted to be with them. And he's telling them this in this, in this closing part of this letter. He calls them dear friends. And we will see uh, kind of why later on. But he says they are his joy and by him teaching them and loving on them and and, 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 and and just helping them with their walk with the Lord, well, they were his crown. You see, in ancient times, crowns were, were given to athletes who competed in the games. We discussed this last week. And, and, and what that is, is you would win and you would get this crown. Well, Paul is saying here that his, the, the, the Philippians, uh, if, they, you know, they, if they stood firm and stood uh, you know, with the Lord and stayed in the Lord, then they, they were his trophy. They were Paul's trophy because they, they stayed strong and Paul uh, was teaching them. And there are times when we, we stand firm in the Lord and, and, and problems arise. You know, again, um, a lot of people think that when they become believers in Jesus Christ that they're going to walk on um, roses, uh, rose petals for the rest of their, their, their Christian life. But that is not true at all. We know that uh, life only gets rougher there, but we have somebody that uh, understands and is with us. But again, there are times when we do stand firm in the Lord and problems arise. Arguments come about and there's disagreements that come along. And we see this happening between these two sisters in the, in the Lord, Iodia and Sintyche. 
I think I'm saying their names wrong. If I apologize, if I didn't, uh, but there was there was some sort of uh, of quarrel happening between the two women. It could it could have been that one didn't like the dress the other one was wearing, or maybe they showed up to church the, wearing the same dress that day. I don't know, and I'm not sure what um, what what it was. And the Bible doesn't specifically say. But one thing is for sure, Paul didn't want this for them. Paul did not want these two ladies, uh, uh, you know, fighting, whether it be in church, whether it be outside of church. Uh, there was there was no reason to, for them to be to be quarreling, and he didn't and he didn't like that. And and notice notice how he doesn't pick a side. He simply says, "Live in harmony in the Lord." In other words, whatever that issue was, the, these two had forgotten who they belonged to. They they had forgotten what they had in common, and that was Jesus. Since they did they, since they did have him in common, they should have just forgotten about their dispute. Now. If you're like me, I've I've been in disputes uh, in, in in church, and you know you have disagreements and stuff like that. But you can't let this. We can't let this stuff carry on because we do have a commonality. We are we are brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to make sure that we are we are we are not creating all these these issues and and fixing uh, the issues that we have. We can we can we can we can just again just get in such a, a funk that we think we're right and you're wrong and and in disagreements and arguments yeah they'll come but we need to fix it and since we have the same like i said the same commonality as these two women we need to remember to have the same mind in the lord see again we are in the lord look at matthew 18 uh, chapter 18 verses 15 it says if your brother sins go and show him his fault in private if he listens to you you have gained your brother. Now, listen. I remember there's a, a story uh, years ago. My wife was uh, she was in a conversation that had happened with a, a couple ladies at church. Um, we were all in the same ministry together, and and we had a lady that was um, a little, uh, you could say, a little bossy, a little, um, you know, uh, it was her way, and and she was very uh, opinionated and. And, um, and there was, so other people in our ministry having problems with it. And my, my wife is in, in, in this conversation with her and, uh, the, you know, the, the, the lady that was like that really didn't like the fact that my wife, uh, knew about it. And, and she, so she's upset. And, uh, so my wife listened to, to the ladies that, that came to her since we oversaw the ministry. Um, the one lady that was kind of mean, I'll just say that, um, wanted to have a discussion with my wife uh, over this and they were following the 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 map of, of verse 15 here uh, in Matthew and what had happened was um, she I, I told her I said now be careful when you go and meet because you know uh, she can be a little aggressive but just just go and, and and do what the Bible is telling you to do well lo and behold she came home and I mean, she was just furious. My wife was so upset because this lady had no intentions on doing the first part. I mean, I'm sorry, the last part. She did the first part, meet, uh, come together and and, and, and kind of say, hey, this is what hurt me and, and talk about it. But she forgot the complete part and the most important part about this verse is you want to gain your brother. It doesn't matter if you were right or if you're wrong or if she's right or she's wrong. I mean, I, knowing my wife for 22 years, not having, she doesn't have really any enemies and knowing this other lady like I did, uh, they, they, like I said, she she attacked her and she embarrassed her. And this is in, in a Starbucks of all things. So um, all that to say, remember, when we have a problem with somebody, we do not want to, we don't want to go and make sure that we are right or, or they are right. We want to make sure that we gain our brother. That's the most important 
important thing. We, we, dis, we, we have a disagreement. We bring it to that person and we gain our brother back. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to defend, defend my wife here, but it was just a story that uh, I remember that how all that came about and she did not finish that verse. And I'll tell you this, we also, Satan, he, he loves when God, God's children fight. I mean, it just, it, it, it makes his day. It's almost like what he, what he lives for. And I'll tell you this, Satan doesn't go to, to the bars or the clubs or even these places where we see all these riots going on today in, 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 in all these cities. Satan doesn't go to those places to create uh, disunity because it already thrives in those places. no. That's not where he goes. Where does he go? He goes to the house of the Lord. He goes to the house of the Lord to do this. So, so we cannot let this happen. We, we need to remember any issue we have with one another needs to be fixed. We need to be unified and remember what we have in common, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in verse 3, it says, Indeed, true companion, I ask you to also help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, I'm not sure who, who this companion Paul was talking about. Um, he just says a, a companion. There was really never a name. So we don't know who this person was, but we do know that Paul was urging them or him or her uh, and asked them to help these women who who labored with him in the gospel. You see, Paul had a you know a bunch of people that you know maybe some friends, and he had these companions that they were all working to preach the gospel, and yet he saw some issues. And so again, Paul didn't take sides, but he did call on a companion to go and help these two women, since they are their sisters in Christ, since they are part of the of the uh, the Paul team, uh, if it were. Um, he told them, hey. Go and, and help them out, help them resolve this because it can't be this. You know, this, this true companion was supposed to help these women and reconcile uh, and, and to be the one to keep, to, to keep that one mind, that the one mind in the Lord. That's what he was reminding them of. And, and it's, it's two women who had helped Paul in the gospel. These two women, I'm sure, were, were faithful workers with Paul and, and for the work of the gospel. But there was some sort of falling out, and they had which, with each other. And Paul knew that this dispute needed to be cleared up because, again, if we are fighting with our, our sisters and brothers, we're not going to be effective for what God wants us to do. We have to make sure that we we get rid of all these these uh, these issues that we have, like we just discussed. And and because listen, Paul, I mean, uh, Paul knew this too that that these ladies needed to to do this because he wants to continue the work and he wants to continue using them. But if there's there's fighting and quarreling going on, they won't be effective for the Lord. So Paul knew this and wanted to clear it up. So that was the unifying power. We need to be unified because we are all uh, one in Christ. And number two, we have fortifying power. We have fortifying power. And, and, and it comes to, uh, it comes to uh, um, verse four when it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now we'll get to, we'll, we're going to get to that verse, but if, if there were ever a time to freak out or to be anxious, it's right now. Our political landscape seems to be in ruin and, and there's so much uncertainty that one can get very anxious. You see, most people find it easier to to freak out and and let their anxiety levels go through the roof, and and they, and they then they, then they don't bring it before God. That's the problem. They don't. We don't bring it before God. We want to worry everything away, and in, 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 and this is what Paul is asking them to do in in verse six. But before they can do this again, 
before we can, uh, before verse six, uh, we'll get to that. I'm sorry that I had backed up, but um, I wanted to to, to kind of lay the foundation before uh, we can pray and be anxious for nothing and all that. What there's one thing, a couple things we need to do. One is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is what Paul says. And this, again, this joy is the theme of this book. And, and Paul is just making it understood. Paul, Paul's joy, uh, the Philippians' joy, and, and even our joy, is not based on if the sun uh, is out or if the birds are chirping or, or we're feeling those good vibes. You ever heard that? Oh, man, I'm just feeling so good today. <clears throat> it's good vibes. I'm just, you know, positive and, and you know, and, and there's some days you just don't feel like that. No, the joy is not, the joy is the, the confidence in knowing and God is in control. Like you heard me say this, if you visit our, our, our Instagram page and our Facebook page, I've been talking a lot about that because of this in, in, anxiety that's going on, what's going on in our world and in our country. And we need to be joyful. We need to not worry, but be joyful because Paul is telling them, rejoice in the Lord always, not sometimes, not from, you know, on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. No, he's saying rejoice in the Lord always. Why? Because we know that God is in control. And there's one more thing too. In verse five, it says, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. So if we are rejoicing in the Lord, we aren't fighting with each other like we read the two sisters and we aren't freaking out, you know, we are to let our gentle spirit be known to all men. Now, I know I said we, we would talk about prayer, but these two, these last two verses are a part of verse three. If the two sisters were rejoicing in the Lord and letting their gentle spirit be known, Hey, maybe they wouldn't even have been in a tiff with each other. Maybe they just would have hashed it all out and said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gain their brother or gain their sister back and be done with it. You see, when we rejoice in the Lord and let our gentle spirit be known, people will see there's something different about us. And we're not like this world. Remember, we aren't of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we want to make sure that we are living that too. We want someone to look at you and go, that person so-and-so is different. They're not like this, man. She was just, they were just fighting the other day, but look at them now. They're, they're talking like they're best friends again. And what is this? That's the power of forgiveness. Again, talking about power. This goes right into to verse six. Now let's get into verse six. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Now, this is a verse that is quoted a lot, but question is, is this verse lived out? People quote it, but do they live it? Again, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Paul is saying, basically saying, do not fret. Don't, don't, don't be anxious for anything. Look at it this way. This is a command rather than a suggestion. There's no other options here because you can go, and, 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 and we've seen this a lot, is, is, is people do get anxious. They do start freaking out. And see, God is concerned with every aspect of our lives. He just doesn't pick and choose what he cares about. He cares about all aspects of our lives. So everything can be brought to him in prayer. From the smallest things to the, to the, to the life-altering things, we are to bring it to him in prayer. Look at the two words, uh, prayer and supplication can be broken down like this. The word prayer means all 
our of our communication is to God in this way. This is how we communicate with God. We 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 find a, a quiet place and we and we sit with the Lord and you can feel his presence. I don't know if you guys can, but I can. I can feel his presence when I sit down the in in, in a quiet area where there's nothing going on and I pray. You can feel the presence of God. So this is how we communicate with him in prayer. Well, supplication means that this is how we come to God and directly ask him for something. Do we do this? No, we don't. We try and stress all of of life's issues away. We just say, you know what? I've had enough of life and I don't want to I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with that and I'm just going to worry about it because if I the more I worry about it, the more it's going to go away. And we know that's not true because it makes us sick. It puts us in a depression and and many prayers go uh, unanswered today because we don't ask God for things. And the crazy and the, and the crazy thing and the sad thing is this. This is what he wants us to do. God wants us to come to him and ask him for things. He 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 wants us to to let our requests be known to him. Why? Because God already knows what we're going to ask for. He already knows what we're going to pray. What we're what we're what we're asking for is, is is his will to be done. Now, if you're sitting there going, you know, Lord, uh, okay, so thank you for this, thank you for that. You know, I really need a Porsche. You know, Lord, you know, I'm I'm walking to work every day, and I'd really like a Porsche. And you know, I mean, let's 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 back up for a second. Let's pray in God's will. Let's just get you a car uh, first before we we head down that road, right? So. Um, he, he wants us to he wants us to ask him these things and and remember relationships are two-way street conversations are for two it's not for one so when you pray and you ask then listen let the lord speak to you uh, on these things so uh, and also paul says uh, he he says with thanksgiving also at times we can be ungrateful for what the lord has already given us and before you say this message today is a little rough because rob is saying that that I'm like this and and it's, it's a little rough to hear. But okay, if we are true, if we are honest with ourselves, um, you know, if we if we are grateful for everything that God gives us and, and we rejoice and, and all these things that we're talking about, then why do we whine and complain about everything? Yeah, ask yourself that. God doesn't like complaining. Remember, the Israelites complained and, and you know, they wandered around the, 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 the wilderness. And so God does not want us to complain. We just have to be we just have to be thankful for what we have. Maybe you don't have that Porsche. Maybe you have a car like mine who's, it runs, you know, by the grace of God. But you know what? It's a car nonetheless, and I'm thankful because it gets me to where I need to go. So we need to be thankful for what the Lord has given us and not whine and complain. And we do this, and the sad thing is we whine and complain before God himself. You see, he sees all things. He knows our hearts. So be careful. Don't don't just be thankful. Let your request be known and thank him for things. Thank him for being who he is. Thank him for what he has given you and you'll see a difference. And, and, and he says, don't be anxious for anything. Pray for it specifically. Ask him, let your requests be known and do it with a thankful heart. And, and Lord, the Lord will work from there. So, um, we come to another one, uh, you know, uh, we have the peace. So when you do all this, when you when you pray, you're, you're not anxious about anything, but you're praying about everything, then uh, verse 7 uh, talks about a peace, and it says, And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. If we obey these two things, no stress and, and be thankful, God's peace will fortify uh, our, 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 and guard our hearts and minds. And the and to have the peace of God, you must have peace 
with God. And what that means is you must have a relationship with God. You know, uh, you, you can't have peace with somebody that you don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I can say there's somebody in Cleveland, Ohio that I don't know, and I, I don't know if I can have peace with them because I don't know them. So get to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him into your heart, and you'll have the peace uh, of God. And, and what is God's peace? Well, Spurgeon asked the same thing when he said this in a quote, and I quote, What is God's peace? It's the unruffled serenity of infinitely happy God, the eternal composure of the absolutely well-contented God. This peace is beyond what our little brains can think. The peace just doesn't surpass what the world, what the world's person, the, the normal man thinks, but it surpasses all comprehension or all understanding. And when we have this peace, it will guard our hearts and mind. The word guard is, is a military term. It means it's on guard for us. So it's constantly, this peace will constantly be with us. When people lose hope or even possibly, and, and, and you've heard of them say, uh, they, they've lost their mind. I've lost all hope and I've lost my mind. Well, they do not have this peace of God because they don't have the peace with God. And God's peace is not on guard in their hearts. So that's another, we, we have to have that. And, and then also another, uh, another power that we have is, is purifying power. We are to fix our thoughts on what is true, good, and right. Look at verse eight. It says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good and repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Now, the word, look at the words worthy of praise. What's worthy of praise? Well, God is worthy of praise. And Paul could have just, he could have just stopped there. He could have just said, listen, um, think of these things, or he could have said, whatever, you know, finally, brethren, dwell on God because he's worthy of praise. And he could have ended it right there, right? But he doesn't. He, he, Paul has a list of things to dwell on. And when we put these things in our minds, they live there and it shows in our lives. And as I study this, I, I looked, and, 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 and this is just a thought that, that just, you know, the, as I look at this list, it kind of describes God himself because um, it, it says, um, you know, uh, uh, whatever is uh, true, well, God is true. Whatever is honorable, well, God is honorable. honorable. Uh, do whatever is right, well, God does what is right. Whatever is pure, God is pure. Do whatever is lovely, God is lovely. And God's reputation is perfect. Now that is just something I noticed, but but Paul's list must not merely be a quick thought, but dwelt upon or or meditated on. In other words, Paul 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 here is saying in a, in a practical sense is to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So dwell on these things. Don't don't drown out the other things. Drown out the the negative things that are going on around you. Because all it's going to do is going to make you anxious. It's going to make you worry, and you can't have those things. So dwell on what is uh, true. Dwell on what is honorable. Dwell on what is right. Dwell on what is pure and lovely and, 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 and has uh, repute. And all those things are God, so dwell on God himself. And also, uh, we have, uh, finally, we have, we have exemplifying power. Now, Paul is again offering himself as a, as a spiritual role model here. If, if you look at verse 9, it says, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. 
Paul, again, we, we, he, he did this earlier in, in, in the book, is offering himself as, a, as, a, as a, an example, and he's, he's doing it in, uh, again here. Why is this? Because Paul's integrity was in good standing with the Philippians. So he, he, he kind of presents himself as an example here. Paul can be a guy that is followed only because he is following Jesus. The Philippians, the Philippian people, the church, I'm sure had seen Paul in action. They'd seen him praying for people and, 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 and the way he did things from his deliverance of the gospel to the way he prayed and, and the way he showed love to people. And he is encouraging them to do the, the, do the same things that he did. And, and, and they've seen him do this and they've heard all these things about him and learned from him. All, all those things that, 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 that where he was doing, Everything that I just listed, like praying for people, loving on people, and, and preaching the gospel, and telling people the good news, well, Jesus did all those things in his ministry as well. So again, Paul is following his example, and he's asking them to follow Paul's example. Again, it's important that if you're if you're going to follow an example, make sure that it's the right example. The Philippians knew they could follow Paul's example because he followed the master's example. You know, there's, there's a lot of people, um, you know, and, and if you have kids today or if you're anybody young uh, listening to the, to the, to the message, um, there's a lot of people, there, there's a lot of people you can follow that are wrong. They're not, they're not good examples. And, and we need to make sure that if you're going to find an example, you're going to find somebody to, to follow Well, follow Jesus first and read throughout the scriptures of how Jesus handled things. Um, and, and again, but Paul is another one we read about, but again, in this world, often too many times people want to be like these actors and actresses, these rock stars and all these people. And they're just not good people to, to, to have a role model uh, that let them be that, that role model in your life. So find somebody that's a good example and will help you, uh, you know, help you, uh, along with your, with your walk. And, and, and again, these examples that we find of Paul, we study God's word and we read of people who, who, who should, we should use, well, we, well, first of all, we find people that we shouldn't use in the Bible. We, we see a lot of people that did bad things and wicked things. And again, those aren't the, the people to, 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 to follow, but there are great people in the Bible that we can use an example. And Paul was, he was one of the greatest Christians to, to, to ever live. And, and we can use him and, and, and Jesus as our examples. I mean, let's, let's focus on those things. If the Philippians were to do what Paul's, what, what, what he was asking them to do and he was instructing them, uh, they would receive the peace of God and then the God of peace would be with them. As believers, we want, we want God to, to, to be with us. We, we, we can do nothing apart from God, which, which we will touch on next week. Uh, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more. But we read in the Bible about how the Israelites would, would try their own thing and how many times did they fail? Every single time. It was, they were doing things apart from God and it was nothing, uh, nothing was going right. If you look at uh, Hosea chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Since Israel is stubborn like a stubborn heifer, can the Lord now pasture them like a lamb in a large field? You see, cattle can eat out in the open safely without fear because they are not, they're not very easy prey. But a lamb in an open field that has strayed away from the shepherd is very vulnerable. And because Israel was being so stubborn like a, like a heifer, God no longer attempted to corral them, abandoning them as a lamb in a vast wilderness. Again, when we separate ourselves from God and, and we aren't doing these things that, that, you know, and God is not with us and we are not uh, even, you know, pursuing God and having him in our lives and being next to us, we can do nothing apart from him. 
And so we have to make sure that we are are, are, are walking with the Lord. We have to make sure that we are uh, dwelling on these things that we talked about, not being anxious, but praying about everything and giving the Lord the thanks, giving him the honor and giving him the glory, right? So uh, very important important lessons today, um, and and we and, and these are things that we need to, to to practice. Let's just not listen to let's just not listen to um, these things that, that's being said in the Bible, but let's 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 practice these things. I mean, this is what the Bible is for. So um, we'll finish up this uh, p- this message uh, power source next week, and and uh, that'll be it'll be our last uh, uh, part of scripture in Philippians. So again, I just want to thank you guys. For, for constantly listening. Thank you guys for all of your uh, prayers. Thank you for you guys' kind words that uh, that I get to see and, and talk to you guys. I mean, you um, definitely bless me. I, I love I love doing this. And um, Lord willing, we will be back next week. But let's just close in prayer real quick, and then we will uh, we, we can end this thing. And Father, again, we thank you for this part of Scripture, Lord. We thank you for these reminders Lord, to to not be away from you, but be closer to you like we've never have been before, Lord. And and Lord, I I, I pray that um we would not worry things away, Lord. We would we would be in a in a quiet place and just pray to you, Lord, and give you everything and and Lord and just trust that you uh, will do um, what you your will your will will be done, Lord. So we thank you. I pray uh, for everybody listening that you would bless them, you would keep them safe. You would keep them healthy. And Lord, we just want to tell you how much we love you. So um, we thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, thank you guys. Uh, I pray next week that we can um, that we can uh, be into uh, the word and uh, God bless. This has been the Crosslight Bible Study Podcast. For more information about the podcast or to leave us your prayer request, please visit us on our website at crosslightbiblestudy.com.